right? I can, I can hear it now. Don't mind him. He talks all the time, right? So as many of you can tell, we're having a baptism today. We've decided to freeze the sin out of us. I'm just joking. <laughs> I have a comment. This is comment will go to Daniel. This keyboard seems to creep forward quite a bit. Did you notice? Okay, would you get on your husband about that, please? Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I'll get around it. Um, so as you know, uh, we're excited for today. So close to the edge. <laughs> he probably probably is sitting there going, that's Daryl. Chances are it's going to happen. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I have a confession. I know, I know most of you are going, just one? No, I got it. Anyways, I do. I was, I was this morning, I was kind of putzing around the house, and I was uh, singing, Come, Lord, like the rain. <laughs> Anyways, you're, you come like the rain. And, and I have another, just a real quick um, uh, scripture I want to share with you. It's really a, one, a really hot one. And uh, I was kind of meditating on this one this morning. It's Psalm 16, 11. It says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forever. Your right hand. It is Jesus' good pleasure to show you and I his path of life. And he's constantly, continually inviting us into that path. He's constantly and continually saying that he is for you and I. You know, he's saying to you, you can be more. You and I can change. Actually, this morning I was having a quick conversation uh, about just the walk, your walk with Jesus this morning. And uh, I find it really interesting how we can be disciplined over so many things. We can be disciplined getting through school. We can be disciplined about, you know... uh, growing in our jobs to make more money. We can be disciplined about so many things. And sometimes I wonder, why aren't we as disciplined to cultivating our spiritual life? You know, I mean, we get motivated by a lot of stuff. But why is it the cultivating of our spiritual life sometimes kind of wanders? And then when something tragic comes into our lives... We go, oh, man, I just need Jesus so bad. Jesus, would you help? And I'll tell you, I've done the same thing. I have been like on the edge of some you know, uh, things that are going to take place in my life that was not where I wanted to go. And I wasn't even a follower of Christ, but I knew there was a God. And I remember saying, this is when I was a really young man, I remember saying, if you get me out of this, I promise you I'll change. Have you ever said anything like that? I know you guys did. And sure enough, the Lord got me out of it, 
But it took me a few months later to change. <laughs> but I did. Uh, but you know, we're, that's just kind of the way we are, right? It's kind of our human nature. And, and, and G, but Jesus is tolerant. He loves us in spite of our shortcomings. He loves us in spite of uh, the things we don't do. And we walk around with this, this little thing on our shoulder saying, you know, you're not living up. You're not good enough. You don't deserve it. All that. It's, it's right there. It's constantly in our ear, right? And Jesus is saying, no, I died so that you might have life. I died for the path of life. I've died no matter how bad you are, no matter how bad I am, no how, how bad a, a failure I am, I died so that you might walk on the path of life. And it's just really by saying yes to Jesus. If you don't know this, my name's Daryl. I'm glad to be with us this morning. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about baptism. And, um, but I, before I start, I want to have a proclamation. I believe in God the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin Mary, suffered under the hand of Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead for your and my sin. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose as my Lord. He now sits at the right hand of the Father Almighty, from where comes all judgment for the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ, the forgiveness of sin and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. I believe in all those things. And I believe that all those things are for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. Matter of fact, the scripture said, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Matthew 28, it says this. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, he's, saying, he's talking to his apostles just before he, he uh, rose to heaven. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And the word nation there means all people groups, all languages, to every nation. We have, you know, we break down the nations with continental lines and, and, and ocean barriers. Jesus saying, go to every language group. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that, have, that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. A couple of promises here. But one of them was that we go and we baptize. We, we, we call people to a greater source of life. We call people to the path of life that Christ has presented for each and every one of us. And it says disciples. The word disciple means in Scripture just a learner. And I would suggest to you today that we'd all become lifelong learners 
of Jesus and his kingdom and his presence, you and I. We would, be, we, would, we would become learners of all that he has for us. And it doesn't matter how long you've been, a, you've been walking with Christ, you and I can always learn something. You and I can always move from one depth to the next. Uh, I likened it to a, a friend of mine. I was talking to him a couple of weeks back. And we were just talking about growing in Christ and learning and, and gaining uh, just not just knowledge, but greater understanding of who Christ is. And growing up, I scuba dived. Um, my dad scuba dived. My cousin, I never dove with my dad, but I did with my cousin. So I got certified as a scuba diver at 14 years old. And most of your scuba diving is uh, what they call sports diving. And it's done between um, anywhere from 30 to 60 feet. In other words, everything that you and I would want to look upon is 60 feet and above. All the life of the ocean, the corals, all the colorful fish, all of that is 60 feet and above. Once you start going down around 80 feet, you start losing the color the plant life changes. It kind of gets a little boring. So all of it's within that first 60 feet. And, but there's, the, there's what they call technical diving. And technical diving is where you go down 100 feet below. There's, your body changes. There's some pressure that takes place in your body around 100 feet and below. That's when they, they have... Um, uh, <clears throat> compression chambers. and it, it's, So let's say you dive 200 feet. And every time that you go lower, that pressure body changes the air bubbles in your veins. And what happens is as you come up, you have to step back up to get to the surface. You have to decompress your body as you go up. And so my conversation is every time we, we end up going deeper with the Lord, every time we move, we're learning more. And we change how we focus on things. We, 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 our knowledge, we gain. And we don't want to just live up there now, what, like 30 feet. We don't, you, get, you get to that first 30 feet. Maybe some of them, you don't even want to go in the water. This is an analogy. I know some people don't like getting their face wet. So, um, you know, actually sticking your face in the water is a big deal. But anyways, just go with me on the analogy, okay? <clears throat> and... Uh, so the idea here is you constantly want to equip yourself for the next spiritual growth. And the idea for me is as, as I go deeper. Now, I just, I just use that for a personal now. Maybe you do something because I understand the process. I mean, you go down there and it's, you can use mixed air. And if you could say, well, Daryl, how far have you been? I've been down about 150 feet and had to step back up and do all that kind of stuff. And... Um, but, uh, but I understood that I had to cult the same, uh, uh, cultivate the same kind of principles in my spiritual life so that my walk can go deeper with Christ. Now, that's the summary that you really need to grab onto. What is it I need to change in my life so I can grow a more vibrant, deeper relationship with Jesus. What is it that I need? How do I need to restructure my life so that I can do that? One of the words that are used in Scripture where it talks about the body of Christ is being grafted in. 
you and I as followers of Christ are grafted in to the body. And this is a, a word that's taken from, taken from agricultural. Uh, actually, it is, that is a, a tree where it's grafted in another uh, plant. And when I, I worked up in Washington, up in uh, Malat, Washington, for a season picking apples, and they would have on the farm there, they'd have trees that they grafted in. And they'd have things like they called banana apples. And a lot of your, your hybrids of apples were taken in by this very same process. Where they'd graph them in and they'd do hybrids and, and create a whole new strain of apples. And this is one way that they would do that. And the scripture says that you and I are grafted in. In Romans eleven seventeen, it says this. But some of those branches from Abraham's tree. Thinking of Abraham, it was mentioned this morning. Now, God gave Abraham a covenant and said that your descendants will be more than the sand. And so that's really kind of what it's talking about here. That it's talking about the descendants of Abraham, which you and I would be a part of as followers of Christ. Some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you Gentiles, us, you Gentiles, meaning non-Jews, who were, who were branches from a wild olive tree. Now, I don't know about you, but I really relate to the fact that I'm a branch of a wild olive tree just because of my upbringing. But we won't live there. Anyways, have been grafted in. In other words, we were estranged. We were set apart. We were not a part of the original. And Paul is sitting here, but you have been grafted in. So now that you also receive the blessing of God has promised Abraham. We receive those same promises that God has given Abraham from the root of God's special olive tree. You are been given all the benefits of being grafted into the original, but you must not brag about being grafted in, being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. And then you can read John 15 where Jesus says, I am the branch. I am the, I am the trunk and you are the branches. You can read that and, and you, you get an analogy here of what he's saying. So in grafting in, portrays something being attached to the host. It's being attached to the host. So let me also give you another analogy. When you um, adopt a child and you have to go before the court, and as you go before the court and that judge says, talks to the whole family, and that judge, judge says, now you are now an Evans. And by becoming an Evans, you get all the benefits of all the other Evanses. It's as if you were uh, birthed from Lisa and I. You get the same inheritance, you get everything that all the other kids get. You are now an Evans and you get all the benefits. That's what Paul is saying here. We get all of the benefits of what was given in to the Old Testament. Now, the caveat is, is Jesus said, now I'm the new covenant and now I'm giving you all the benefits. I am now, we've established a new covenant and you're grafted in and now you get everything that everybody, all the, everything that Israel got. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? I think it's really cool. 
So we are those that are, what the scripture would say, are in Christ. We are born anew, as it says in John 3.16. That we are taken out from this corrupt state of life and we're brought into a whole new natural state. And then you're sitting here saying, well, Daryl, all that stuff that you said is really cool and I really like it. Man, I'd rather just sit here and listen to more about that. What had to do with baptism? I am so glad you asked that question. What happens... Now, the statement we make around here for baptism is, baptism is an outward expression of something God has done on the inside. And we do not want to take away from that at all. But it is also a testimony. It is a statement. It's a testimonial that what Christ has done for the body at large. It's a testimonial of all of the free gifts that God has given us. It's a testimonial of the fact that I have chosen to walk on that path of righteousness that's full of Jesus and full of his body and full of those gifts. It's a testimonial of change. It's a testimonial of leaving the past behind and moving forward. It is a testimonial of embracing the whole body of Christ. Now, I understand that there are those that use baptism as a, a passageway or a member of their church. Uh, we do not do that. And I'm not going to sit here and say they shouldn't do that. What I'm saying is we don't. We baptize into the body. That's what the Bible says. Uh, and so... Uh, but it is also going back to the fact that it, it is a statement. I believe in God the Father. I believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. I believe He died and rose again the third day. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe what Scripture testifies about me and about Christ and about the body. That is what baptism is about. That's what it signifies. So it's a huge statement. And sometimes I think we downplay it. We should not. It is a huge statement. It's a glorious statement of, of, of recognizing that we identify with Christ. And so quickly, if you have your Bibles, or flip to it, or turn it on to it, whatever, um, we're going to finish up here real quick with uh, Romans 6. And it says in the beginning of Romans, What shall I say then? This is Paul writing to the church in Romans. What shall I say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How should we, how should we who died to sin live longer to it? Now Paul is talking about, look, hey, we are those that have said, none of the, I'm done with this, I'm moving forward. I've chosen to live a, righteous, a life of righteousness. Or do you not know that as many of us that were baptized into Christ Jesus was baptized into his death? It's a symbolic going down, death, up, resurrection. Let's say that together. Down, death, up, resurrection. Amen. There you go. I got a couple of believers anyways. <clears throat> Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into his death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also shall walk in newness of life. Testimony. I choose to walk in newness, newness of life. 
testimonial. I choose to walk. I'm not being made to. I'm not being, you know, say, either do this or you're going to go to hell. You know, I choose to. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in his death and resurrection. Let's move on. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly, we shall also be united in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that we that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he has also di- for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, does that mean we're going to be sin free? Question. Well, there's a, some theological debate right there. <laughs> Point. Walkness in, walking in newness of life is made available to each and every one of us every day. And yes, do we fall short? Yes. Um, do we have to? No. Do we have to? No. At this point... Uh, as a follower of Christ, and I think I can say this with uh, quite a bit of confidence, sin is a choice. Before I, was a, before I was a Christian, sin was a way of life. Did you just hear what I said? Tough one, huh? I guarantee you, followers after Christ, sin is a choice. And I'll argue any... Well, never mind. Let's move on. (laughs) Now, verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Right? Isn't that an amen? Amen. All right. Let's look a little... I'm going to go with Mina. Amen? Amen. Thank you. There you go. (laughs) Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead... This is Paul teaching on what baptism is all about. It's significant. It's not a sidebar. Those who are disciples of Christ get baptized. I think we ought to just leave this up. As people get saved, just jump in. Let's go for it, right? I mean, it's such a big deal trying to organize all this. I think we ought to just do it all the time. I mean, you know, back, back in their day, they just took out their outer coat and they'd jump in. We're a little different. We're not going to do that. Anyways, death has no longer dominion over them for death that he, death that he, death that he, for that, for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. In other words, he's saying he is our perpetuation. He died for us, right? He's not saying that you have to make a way. The way has been made for us. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? I am alive to God in our Lord Christ Jesus. Maybe we need to kind of underline that scripture. Maybe we need to memorize that scripture. And possibly you might need to say it to yourself quite often. I am alive to Christ. Sin no longer has rule over me. There's a good word. Sin doesn't rule us. In our world, 
as follower of Christ, sin becomes a choice, right? I'm going to go back to that. It doesn't rule us. Okay. I hope I've satisfied the idea of what it means to be engrafted. I hope I've satisfied what it means to be baptized. Baptism is not salvation. Baptism is not salvation. So, when you talk to somebody about, you know, being a follower of Christ and they say, I've been baptized, they think of baptism more than it is. Baptism is a result of salvation. Baptism is a result of, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. My Lord and Savior. I'm just trying to give us all a little bit of language. We're going to go ahead and take an offering now. I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come forward. While the worship team is singing this last song, those of us that are going to get baptized need to go change your clothes, and then we're going to come right back. How's that? Um, I want to say how grateful I am for your generosity, how grateful I am to your commitment financially to us because we're a community-supported church. And I also want to say that generosity is a way, a part of the life of a follower of Christ. And, you know, just want to encourage you to just, um, you know, we use language like give as you've been blessed. I don't think many of us do that very well. So give as you've been called. Give as Christ has instructed you. Because if I gave as I'd been blessed, I would have to give it all. Boy, that sounds like... Well, it's just a statement of God's really blessed me. But, but what you want to do is you want to say, Lord, what is it that you're asking of me? What is it that you want me to, 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 to give? Okay, thank you. I'll be back in just a few. Those of you who are being baptized, change your clothes.